The following program was produced by Community Producer. The content, views, and opinions expressed are the sole responsibility of the Community Producer and do not reflect Malden Access Television, the City of Malden, or your cable provider. MATV welcomes your comments. Call us at 781-321-6400 or email us at access at matv.org. Good evening, and welcome to Malden 02148. I'm your host this evening, Ed Lucy, and I have a lifelong resident of Malden, Ken Coy, known for a lot of different things here in the city, and uh, he and I are going to talk about Malden Catholic, among other things. And uh, just to give you a quick background, I'm on um, the mailing list, so to speak, with Malden Catholic, and you usually get that for one or two reasons. Either you went there or your family member went there or you, or you donate. And I did happen to have it with my son, Sean, as a graduate there. And um, they, they come out with their annual publication, and they give you backgrounds among all the things they do detail in the publication is some, some of the people that have graduated and where they are now. And uh, it's um, the thing that's always impressed me as you read through the 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 annual reports you see these visualize the men and um, who have graduated there and gone far far from Malden and yet they have roots back here in Malden through the school sometimes it's family, but it's also how much they appreciated their education at Malden Catholic, and uh, this happens to be the fiftieth anniversary for the class of nineteen sixty eight and part of the reason that Ken is here as my guest is he's a graduate of that class. And the, the thing that's kind of interesting, when I look through the, the roster for Marlin Catholic graduating class that year, there were 90 members of the graduating class. And of the 90, when the, when the publication occurred in the spring, uh, 10 had passed away. And since then, another one had died. Kevin Telly, he was in your class. Yes, he was. Yeah, so there, yep. were, there was 11, actually, and... Um, uh, among the the people that passed on, I don't know all the all the people, but I do. As I looked through what I saw, um, names that I knew a little bit about, and uh, one of one of them was a very tragic accident. Uh, Jackie Schifano. Jackie Schifano, who um, uh, was very young when it happened, and, and again, the the um, there's there's a companion co- school though. It's the girls Catholic, and um, they had. 62 graduates, and seven have since passed on, according to the, the information that was in the um, this year's report. And the interesting thing, not only is Ken uh, doing the 50th anniversary this year but from his graduating class, but Marlin Catholic has also reinstituted the girls' Catholic part of it. This is, this is a first. Um, the, uh, the other part that's kind of interesting is Ken is, was in the last graduating class from the old building or the old location. And uh, I don't know if you remember that or not. I, rem- <clears throat> I remember it very well. Yeah, um, yeah. Uh, <clears throat> you know, grow- growing up in that area and attending uh, Marlin Catholic, and, you know, so many of us went to the Immaculate first. So growing up in that area was like growing up in a village. You know, many of us uh, went to grammar school, finished grammar school, and then you automatically went to uh, MC, or if you were a, uh, a young woman, you'd go to Girls Catholic. And as luck would have it, many romances, many marriages, and families came out of those arrangements. And I married a Girls Catholic girl. Um, younger than you, I assume? Uh, actually, she was. She was two years younger. And <laughs> I'm a very fortunate person to have met her. Um, most of my friends married girls Catholic girls yeah. so it's it was very much like growing up yeah. in a village very close and uh, it was just a wonderful place to go to school 
one of you mentioned that uh, uh, as I looked through the list, one of your uh, one of your classmates is Dennis Newman. He, absolutely. And, and Dennis is uh, uh, also, as I look down at the girls' side of the the roster, his wife was in the same class as he was, if I'm not mistaken. A wonderful woman, yeah. uh, Marie Fontana. Who, right. Who yeah. I think her father was in the fire department. Uh, her father was. I'm not sure if it's a fire or if he was on the MBTA police. Oh, because there was, was a Fontana was in, on the it, fire department. Yeah. yeah. It, it was an either or. Yeah. But uh, just, just a nice, nice family. And uh, I, Marie taught uh, actually at the Immaculate Conception for many years afterwards uh, when, when she got her, her degree in call, from college. And, uh, you know, Dennis, as you know, became a very, very interesting person in the Democratic Party. Uh, and actually was, I think, uh, heavily involved in the uh, Bush-Gore controversy in Florida. Oh, yeah, the, the, the hanging chads. The yeah. hanging chads. Yeah. He also was in the, the in a group, I think, when uh, on the first campaign for Congress by Eddie Markey. He was, yeah. he was very involved in that campaign. Yeah, he, he very politically astute guy. Yeah. Uh, he, interesting, he's one of three guys in the class that graduated from Harvard, which for a class of 90, he had to have three fellows is uh, is uh, a strong comment. Yeah, that's something I didn't know. I I, I know uh, among the graduates, uh, just as uh, for the edification of the listeners, and again, this at that time was not unusual. There were two members of the clergy. Yeah, uh, Elder Giacomo would be one. Right, and, and uh, Jim Morris, maybe. James Junior. Right. Right. Yeah. yeah both. Yeah. Picking uh, on your brain too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it still works a little bit. Yeah. But uh, I, I had talked with Al Giacomo recently. Yeah, he, he's a uh, pastor in uh, down in Tennessee, I believe, or Kentucky. And Jim Morris is a pastor for, I believe, an Eastern Rite uh, church, maybe in Lynn or Salem. Oh, he is. Yeah. And you, yeah. you have a judge. Uh, uh, I assume it's his honorable um, Frank Heft. Yeah, yeah, Frank Heft. Uh, I, I believe he he was on the bench for a while in Kentucky and still works works law in in, in uh, mm. the state of Kentucky. Yeah, yeah. had a city councilor. Yeah, who? Who are you going with? <laughs> Eddie Lynch. Oh, Ed, of, of course. Yeah, yeah Ed, that was a while yeah, while he, ago. Ed, he, he was yeah. Yeah. very good goalie for the hockey team, and yeah, he was on the council for. A couple terms. Yeah, and uh, he, his first term in the council was also my first term in the council. Oh, gee, yeah, I, I don't want to date you, Ed. Yeah, that's, well, wow, yeah. that's well, a, that's I a while. I can even go back further than that. There's also uh, a chief of Baldwin Police. Yeah. My guest is Ken Coy, for those who don't know him. Uh, had, had reti- when he retired from the police department here in Baldwin, he was retired as the chief. Very fortunate guy to have that job. That would have been my dream job. All I probably ever want to do is become a, a policeman in my home city, and to, to get a chance at that was, was wonderful. And there were some wonderful mayors along the way who, uh, you know, who, who understood people who were looking to uh, make the, pol- the police department a world-class organization, yeah. which, we, which we really did. And a captain on the fire department, uh, Roy Tribble. Uh, again, excellent guy. Yeah. Roy... Uh, uh, Lived and died that. He lived that every day, uh, being on the fire department. Tremendous leader. Uh, he was a captain, served, I, I, I believe, Roy probably served 35 years yeah. on the job. And that's, again, as kids, you talk about this stuff, and that's that's all Roy ever wanted to do. Yeah, the, uh, and a former director of the Marlin Redevelopment Authority, Steve Wachowski. Oh, a, a, a football team captain and a leader in so many ways. Uh, Steve was was terrific. Uh, he succeeded, I believe, John Blake uh, in that position, and uh, you know I think did a great job for the city. Yeah. Now um, the uh, there was Steve Harris was other quarterback on the team. Steve was, yeah. And he went on the BC. No, that would have been his brother Red. Oh. Actually, actually, Steve went to Harvard, played hockey at Harvard. Oh, he's one of the, one of those guys. Yeah, very yeah. talented guy. Yeah. Very talented. I, I meant to ask you ahead of time, Tom Mahoney. Is he now the principal of? Um, no, that would be a different Tom Mahoney. Oh, that's a different Tom that Mahoney. Tom Mahoney would have been from Melrose, Mayor. Oh, uh, un- unlike the Tom uh, the Tom Mahoney we know, yeah, who, who did a great job at Malden High School. Yeah, 
Yeah. I, uh, anyway, I, I happen to catch that name. And again, some of the other people that um, you, you were connected with, like I said, they, in many instances, those are all parishioners from the same parish. And that's part of the reason you might go to the school because you, uh, and I had asked uh, Ken ahead of time what his tuition was. Um, and it was very modest at that time. Modest to say the least. Yeah. My first three years, the tuition was $25, which I think essentially was the book bill. Uh, you had to pay for the books at MC. And my senior year, it it uh, quadrupled yeah. to $100. Yeah. I, I uh, graduated. I went. Uh, I started late at Chevrolet. I didn't go to the Chevrolet until I was. I transferred in at the seventh grade, and and uh, the eighth grade was the last year, which is still true with the Chevrolet as far as the the, the uh, grades went through eight. And one of the things that was done at my time was that the they would select one of the graduates, and he would get a scholarship to MC. And, and since you weren't in the parish. Uh, I, my vague re- recollection was that the, the scholarship was a hundred dollars, and what sticks in my mind for some reason, I thought this the, the, at that time there was no charge to, um, if you were a par- parishioner in the parish, but if you were in, if you came from outside the parish, it was sixty dollars yeah. t- tuition. So uh, in any event, if if that were the numbers, then certainly a hundred dollars be to cover the books as well. Probably the bus fare getting there. Yeah, yeah, and. Um, uh, I think now, uh, fast forward, uh, might be in the range of fifteen thousand a year. To go I to think school. maybe even a little bit north yeah. of that. Yeah, yeah. The um, the school itself uh, has has had a, a part of Marlin's memory for a very very long time, and and as I mentioned in my opening remarks about the uh, the responses they get when they do. Uh, where is he now, or that sort of thing uh, about former graduates, how much that being a student there has benefited them in terms of how they viewed life and, and also how it's helped them in the things that they did, whether it was professionally or, or personally. So it's you're in some ways probably kind of a, uh, a past kind of generation because now the school is no longer a parish school. It's on the other, it's, it's, it's on the other side of the city. They started this year. They reinstituted the the girls uh, part of the school, and um, I think uh, I had gone to uh, on an event there at the at the at the school not too long ago. And I think they're in the incoming freshman class at, on the girls side is seventy seven, which is about almost hardly any more than they had before when it was a parish school. But that's the first year, in my sense, is as as they they have an opportunity to develop uh, and progress in terms of recognition they'll probably enlarge on that as well because I think the, uh, uh, the school itself the boys part now is for the four grades is about 800 is that, uh, I, I don't think it's quite that much I think it's somewhere between 550 and 6 how many graduated uh, currently on the year I think it's around uh, 150 they oh, graduate okay. yeah. somewhere between yeah. 140 yeah. 150 yeah. but I, I, I know they're very happy with the numbers that they got with uh, the, the girls' first year. And it, it, it'll create a situation where, you know, sisters and brothers will go to the school, and it, it's, you know, th- there's more connectivity there. Well, even um, n- um, uh, then, when you were there, were pretty much everybody from the Edgewood section of the city or from Medford? I, I, w- I would say that probably 70% of the kids there, you know, lived in the parish, yeah. and the other 30%. Well, good hockey players. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> well, uh, actually, some of those hockey players were very good students, and you know they they were all uh, very deserving yeah. guys. But yeah, it it was a very neat place. It uh, it was a place that really it wasn't for everyone, and if you didn't want to be there, they probably didn't want to. They weren't going to work a lot with you to keep you there. So you you bought into their mission, as opposed to today where you know, a lot of places are, are kind of looking for the individual student, and we want to be student-centered. A school like MC, that was pretty much, I think, with everything then, but MC certainly was a an organization and, and, and an institution-centered place. So you had to buy in to the mission, to their mission. And if you didn't do that, you know, you probably would be better off yeah. attending 
so another place. As one of my brothers found that it was probably a good idea that he attend another place. Yeah. Well, well, the other part about that too is when I when, uh, uh, and Catholic, and when I was of that age in school, was a powerhouse football wise in in the conference Catholic school conference. Yeah. And of course they they had the. Good hockey teams in addition, oh, oh, but you have for hockey, you have ten or twelve people, and you can make a team. And in football, even in those days when you had a lot of two-way players, you still needed a fairly um, large number of uh, members of the team. And when you think back, you only had a roster of here. You only had ninety people to start with, because you had some you had underclassmen, so that may help you build buff up the bench and all. But the thing is. To do as well as they did do, uh, they obviously had to be very aggressive in not only encouraging the local people to go, but you know to seek out. Charlestown has a reputation of good hockey players, so they maybe could draw some people from Charlestown in terms of uh, uh, as as a school option, and those those kids would be good good athletes as well. For for whatever reason, a school that size always did extremely well. Now we would have played. For instance, BC High, which probably, when we had 350 kids in the school, BC High probably had 800. Uh, Zaverian was just coming online then. When, when, you know, when I played football, not well, but I played it in, in 67, 66 and 67. And uh, St. John's was, was, was a large school at the time. And CM was a little bit bigger than we were. And we played Central Catholic and Williams and, and all those. And then we played public schools as well. But, yeah, we, we did very well. And I, I think in those days, kids would play a couple sports. You know, generally today, if you're going to play hockey at a place like MC, it's kind of all you do because you kind of do it year-round, which is unfortunate, but that's just the way it is, I guess. Uh, but in those days... We had many multi-sport athletes, and you know, and, and certainly anyone was welcome to try out and and do their best. And you know, it, it was it was it was a great place to to go to school. It was very interesting, and it, it was it was fun. And it, it I, I like the notion that it was an all boys school because no one was trying to impress anyone, or uh, those type of issues really never came up. So I, it was very freeing when it came to that. Given the fact that it was, you know, it, it was an all-male school. The, the uh, c- currently they have the, as I mentioned again, the, the, about the girls uh, freshmen coming in this year for the first time in a long time, and the uh, extension of property, which you, you just said that the the uh, school itself had bought property in the in the Crystal Street area where the where the, the current school is. Mm-hmm. And when I had seen the announcements about them having a girls' section starting up this year, I, I had thought that they were going to house the the girls in the other building. But I happened to have reasons to be down at uh, for a, for an event that they had at, at the Mall Catholic a, a few weeks back, and the girls are actually housed in the same building. They don't take classes together, but they're there. So that might be a little bit of a, more of a distraction than when you were there because there was really a separate. A distinct uh, separation, wasn't it? It was. The, the girls were across the street at Girls Catholic. Yeah. The only, uh, they would, the girls would come over because we had a very minimal science lab for chemistry, and girls would come over for that. But that, that would be it. Otherwise, other than at a, like a, a football rally or something like that, you just, <clears throat> you just wouldn't see them. And I think we even, you know the church is very controlling, so I believe we got out at different times of the day. Which has its advantage. Well, they, they might have let the girls out a, a, a fifteen minutes early to get them, get, let them have a head start. They get a yeah, yeah, yeah. It was it was an it was an interesting place, and it was an interesting time. But you know things move on, I guess. Yeah. One of the things that I, uh, which I hadn't realized as you as you talk, the the, uh, the clergy's and the and the and the person that's a, was a graduate of you who's a judge are out of state. Uh, did you find that since uh, then, when you look through the roster, a lot of the people that graduated are no longer a part of the Malden area? Oh uh, yeah, de- that's definitely so. And again, it's it's the fiftieth, so a lot of folks have retired. Yeah. So a bunch of those folks are living down the Cape, and there are a lot of people living in Florida. 
uh, California. It, it's pretty wide-ranging where, where people live, where they've moved on. Uh, had they left the area even before they retired? Or, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, chasing job opportunities uh, post-college, uh, most of that happened. Yeah, a lot of my friends kind of were in, were in that boat. Yeah. Do, do you have reunions? Actually, we just had one uh, in, what was it? I think it was in, might have been last October. It was like, no, pardon me. It, it, it was in uh, April. April. Yeah, yeah. It, it, we we had a great time at at a hotel up in uh, Wakefield. We got about uh, I think we got about thirty five kids or so from MC, and probably fifteen uh, women from uh, Girls Catholic. So it was it was a it was a one fun one great time to uh, see people you haven't seen in a long time yeah. and uh, renew those type of things and. And by and large, people are doing well. And as you had mentioned, Ed, sadly, a number of our classmates have passed away. And, uh, you know, they, that's a sad aspect of it. But uh, it, it, the reunion w- w- was a ball. Uh, Steve Harris uh, honchoed the reunion, did a wonderful job with it. And you know, the entertainment we had was great. And we were there for a couple of days. Oh, so it was a weekend kind of yeah, a, yeah, yeah. Well, I suppose if you came from out of state, you should at least get a couple of days. Yep. Yeah, yeah. One of the things that as I looked through the um, information that I had available from the from the school was that uh, they raised this past year about a little over three million dollars hmm. in in various uh, sources of funding. A lot of the money coming from past uh, graduates. Coming from uh, family members who have that, who have uh, had children have gone to the school and so forth. Some of it has come from the fa- some members of the faculty, and obviously for different reasons, people uh, uh, donate or make contributions in memory of other people. And so there's a number of different sources, and um, the total that they raised uh, this past year is a, a little over three million dollars, which is is impressive when you think in terms of the size of the school and and uh, how so people get uh, distracted by so many requests for contributions. But again, it's it's a reflection on the on family members who still identify with with their, with themselves being former students or their their family members have been there. And um, the interesting thing I happened by uh, kind of a series of uh, uh, mishaps. I happened to be at MC the other day, and they had a reception. I didn't know it was that day, but there was a reception that uh, had just about concluded. And uh, and I'm surprised I didn't see it in the newspaper. Maybe maybe it's been in there since. But uh, Jerry Doherty, who was a who was a graduate there, and um, he has a, a number of uh, uh, things that. that make him well known, one of which was that uh, in 1946 when uh, John Kennedy first ran for public office, he ran for Congress in, in and uh, the area that his district included Charlestown, and s- the story goes that he walked into a three-decker and walked up a s- couple of flights of stairs and knocked on a door and he met Mr. Doherty, and that um, he got very involved with Jack Kennedy's campaign and uh, and became a part of that group of people that uh, the Kennedys have, have called friends for since then. And he graduated from Arnold Catholic in 1946. And the reason I bring up all this, some of the background, is when they had the reception the other day at, at MC, uh, the purpose of the announcer was that he was donating $2 million hmm. to the school, which, it, which if you do a quick number, uh, and um if they raise three million dollars in uh, the current fiscal year ending, that the very fact that someone would be able to generously give that amount of money. Now I don't know all the details, and sometimes those pledges are on an installment basis rather than uh, on an annual basis uh, or a one-time thing. And it's and I I don't know anything about a matching part of it. But anyway, that's the numbers I got from the, the people I happened to be talking with when I was over at the school. Was so that's certainly going to be a big Plus for the school, but when we mentioned earlier about the, the about the tuition costs, now I believe a lot of the students currently go there are in some form of tuition support. 
They yeah. Have a, they have a lot of a lot of the students who leave, in one form or another. Uh, I'll get some assistance in, with the, to help defray the cost of the tuition, and part of the reason may be that that age group uh, you often see brothers in the school at the same time in two different grades, and you sometimes that maybe have a third member of the family in college. So there's a lot of expenses for families to be even able to send the children to schools like that. So. Clearly, it's a big sacrifice yeah. to uh, to send a kid to an MC, but uh, relative to other Catholic high schools in the area, it, it, it's kind of a bargain. I, I, I want to say St. John's is, is is pushing 25. Yeah, that's always been more expensive. It, yeah, and, and BC High is much pricier. Uh, and, and the commute. Yeah, which are very difficult. Yeah. Uh, but M MC, I think, is around 17. And as bad as that sounds, it is kind of a, 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 a value uh, price today. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, more children in the school, again, it becomes quite a challenge to do that. But it's, it's funny, when I was still working, I would go down there every other year probably when they'd do development, when, when uh, they'd have career days. And uh, I, I would really enjoy talking with the young men in the school. And I'd always ask them, I'd say, you like, do you like the school? To, to a person. Everyone loved the place. Yeah. So it, it, it's a very impressive place in that regard that so many kids love the school. And if you visit it, you, you get a good sense when you walk out the door that, yeah, this, this is a welcoming place that uh, young people can get a very good education here. And it's, it, it's, it's a bit of a special place. Yeah. One of the other things that's interesting enough, uh, which I was a, w a bit aware of uh, before, is that um, not all of the students there are Catholics. And I think that's more true today than it used to be. And at one time, obviously, maybe in your era, all of the kids there would be parishioners or Marlin residents. Maybe a few other kids came from out of town for a different reason. But for the most part, they would identify with the church as because of the being a parochial school system, but currently I think a good part of the the, the, the student body at, at Marlin Catholic are, are non-Catholic. In fact, I don't I'm not even sure from what I understand they're even all Christian. That the the opportunities made available, and there's a lot of different reasons why people send their children there. I I, I think you're dead on, uh, Mayor. Uh, yeah, clearly, uh, it's much different. When I went there, everyone was was Catholic. Uh, you know, one of the mandatory courses was uh, religion. You had that four years, so uh, that was that was part of the indoctrination. Uh, but like most places, if you looked at Boston College, probably in those days that was all Catholics. Uh, but that's certainly not the case anymore. And Marlin Catholic is a welcoming place, and if you know you you want that opportunity, and again you have the ability to pay for it. Uh, I, I know that they welcome you, uh, and from what I understand, everyone is very happy who goes to the school, and there's certainly, uh, it's a very positive environment. I was, um, by accident, <laughs> I happened to be dialing, flipping the dial on the television last night, maybe it's because I had you on as a guest tonight, and as I spun the dial, what comes up, uh, Boys Town? <laughs> And that uh, was uh, Spencer Tracy, Spencer Tracy, oh, and Jimmy, boy. and, and uh, Mickey Rooney. Yeah, and uh, I mean, I get blank looks now when I talk about movies a lot more recent than that one, and I think that was maybe like 1938. But the the uh, the emphasis there was as part of I only saw part of the the movie because, like I said, I was just kind of looking for something to watch other than. Um, some kind of another program, and uh, with all due respect to President Bush, but um, anyway, um, <laughs> it, it, of course, the, one of the things about the two things you, they, when they did the, the movie was that the, the, I think there's a scene which I didn't happen to watch last night where I don't know whether it was Mickey Rooney or somebody else came in, and uh, I think it must have been someone. And purportedly, the dialogue was, "He's not heavy. He's my brother." That's and they had that. They did a poster stamp commemorating. Um, uh, Boys Town years ago, and I remember the stamp itself showed a boy like carrying his brother with him. And uh, the the second thing was that the um, 
there was an open door policy as far as the, 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 there were troubled kids. This isn't anything to do with more Catholic, but mm. there were troubled kids that were sent there. They were truants. They were kids in the court system, and 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 uh, in any event, the, the thing was there's no thing, no such thing as a bad, bad boy. boy. Yeah, and uh, Father Flanagan. Right, and uh, yeah. so in in uh, in reality, uh, I think sometimes movies in those days had a little bit of sugary effect to him, but there was a kind of an interesting concept at that time. Oh, I think it was a fabulous model at the time. Yeah. A- as we know, th- we were still in the throes of the Depression when that place got going, so they took in a lot of orphans. They did. And a- as you said, maybe some trouble kids, but I think pr- primarily their mission was there was so many, you know, in those bad d- those days, uh, men left their families to try to find work someplace, and uh, they took in a lot of orphans. So, and they created tremendous success. And at some point, we stepped away from that model, which, given what we know now, which I don't think is certainly any better than what happened then, from, from what I saw during my uh, 33 years in the, on the police department, uh, that kind of model is, is probably warranted again, given, given the nature of drug issues we have in dysfunctional families. I, I almost would like to see that model again, try it out, and you know, add in what we've learned maybe that wasn't good about that, and, and try that again. I don't think we do enough of that now, and I think that would be a fascinating. Uh, you'd love to see someone in government put some money at that and try it and uh, see, see if it can work in a pilot situation because right now we just have so many uh, kids who are being raised by grandparents imagine how terrible it is you're a grandparent and, and the kids have these difficult issues that you have to deal with and all our grandparents step forward to do the the right thing but it, it is so hard today well um, th- th- there's constant uh, discussions uh, both in the in newspapers and on TV about how often in this day and age grandparents raise children but they're well, not their children, they're the grandchildren. Yes, it's very and, common. And it's beyond even the fact that they get the responsibility when they should be planning to relax or enjoy their remaining years that it's separate from the emotional and the other part of uh, this raising the children. It's a financial drain. So uh, absolutely. They're using their their retirement money to um, take care of the grandchildren, which in some instance uh, makes them more... T- Required to continue to work when they went, when they really plan to retire. Oh, it's, a, it's a giant stress yeah. uh, creator for, yeah. for a lot of yeah. uh, el- elderly folks, and they really shouldn't be in that situation. But our society is such that you know, again, people from great families and great generations step forward to do what is right, and they don't ask questions. But I think that model probably needs to be looked at and see if something can be done with that. Because, I mean, we don't see it as much here, don't get me wrong. But a place like New York City, Baltimore, the, the major cities like Chicago, uh, where, you know, young kids, some of these kids just have no chance. <laughs> you know, they just have absolutely no chance in life. You know, uh, that model, I, I, I think, would work. Because I believe Boys Town was, was in Nebraska. It was in the Midwest. I think it was in, I think it might have been Omaha, Nebraska. I think so because I think the one yeah. scene I saw was the uh, they they were coming on the bus or something from uh, they picking the bus was picking people up at the train station. Yeah, in Omaha. Yeah, so th- I think that model should be revisited. And right now, you know, we we have this notion that uh, family reunification is the issue, and I don't think it works a lot. Sadly, we see so many cases in which uh, DCF, you know, goes into a city and, and, and children are, are injured, and, and it's just an, an ongoing fight. So I, I think that the whole model, and I hope we're not go, we're going off bounds too much here, but the, the whole model of family reunification probably needs to, an, another look. Well, um I was just as you as you were talking, and, and now you you um, when you started uh, at the with the Marlin Police, you're coming in as a patrolman. You walk on a beat, no no cruisers really at that time. You're mostly on your own. Yeah, walking, not a lot. Ringing the bell boxes. No radios. 
no radius. <laughs> Here's a gun. Go out the door. Yeah, well, <laughs> maybe. But at the same time, uh, um, my experience was uh, as and you know, I was a bit. I'm obviously somewhat older than you are. Um, number one is there was more more uh, stability in the neighborhood. That's that's been an issue that's changed somewhat, uh, separate from the demographics here in Marlin, that uh, there were two parents together in a home with Absolutely. the children. Yeah. And uh, it wouldn't be unusual, especially for, like you mentioned uh, uh, the town concept, the uh, village concept in, in Edgeworth, that there don't only be you there, but you f- you have other family members not far away in other houses not near, near to you. Sometimes it might be a t- two family with the same family members, or possibly even uh, if they didn't live together on the same house, they'd be living in the same street or the next street over. So there was a lot of things that went on then that aren't available now. People were connected to each other. There were probably three or four layers of support. Yeah. There were your parents, maybe there were your grandparents, certainly your neighbors. Uh, a lot of the cops lived in the neighborhood. Uh, you, you had your teachers who, you know, at, at Immaculate and MC, they all lived in the neighborhood. So if you misbehaved, it, it, there, were, there were very few opportunities yeah. to misbehave because, yeah. I mean, even in an area of, of no cameras, there were eyeballs on you at all time. Yeah. Yeah. So you, you would never want to uh, disappoint your mom and your dad. So uh, even though I did that on many occasions. Well, let's but... hear about it. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody's listened but me. Why don't you tell them? <laughs> no, it, it, the things we did, at the, you know, the, the horseplay we did. But major issues were just unthinkable. You just, yeah, you guys wouldn't get it. Because close, constant supervision, that's what it is. And we've, we've really gotten away with that. And now we're going to rely on cameras to make up that human thing and the close, constant supervision of other humans who could, you know, pull your mother or your father aside and say, Junior is not heading in the right direction. He's heading, he's fooling around with this guy over here who, you know, is not a good kid. That, a lot of that is gone. So, yeah. I, uh, I, I think we rely too much now on schools, Ed, to try to fill this. We expect schools to, to do all this stuff. And, you know, they do a very good job teaching. Uh, educating, but uh, the, the social uh, contract, the social welfare character, yeah, I think it's it's an awful lot to ask schools to, you know, really be social welfare agencies in addition to, to performing their all important task of teaching. Yeah, I um, <laughs> you mentioned that when I was in junior high school at, at Lincoln, uh, there was a principal. His name was James Cronin, and uh, actually, as time progressed, his son became. Uh, an attorney and also was a city councilor. And then he got a, I think he went to work for the government and relocated out of Malden. But the thing that was interesting, I can recall um, having an assembly and uh, the principal standing on the stage uh, of the school and beside him is a, is a student who he announces has recently returned to the school after going to reform school from some infraction. Now, um, and the student and the, and the teacher was there, and of course he's the principal of the school, and um, that particular person happened to live around the corner from where I grew up, but he ended up um, owning a business locally, very successful, got very involved with the community, but um, and the and the principal wasn't trying to embarrass him; he was just trying to show that sometimes. If you make mistakes, that the way to correct them is to, is to change the way you do things in your life, and so he paraded them up on the stage. Very and interesting. I, yeah, now I. Uh, I think nowadays they would. I, I don't know whether the ACLU yeah. or the or the teachers union oh, or, yeah. or there would be something about it. Yeah. <laughs> or you'd have a, a channel <clears throat> five investigation, but. But the, again, there are no reform schools. Yeah. So we've, you know, we we went from here to here. You know, there's a lot in the middle. Yeah. But it used to be here. Now we've gone to here. So there is no. It, it's very difficult to uh, to try to get kids headed in the right direction. Yeah. You know, yeah. they, they'll be involved with the courts early, and you know that's again. It, the, it, unless the, the parenting is strong at home, in uh, in their layers of support, it's in the kid is in a bad environment. It's just not. It's 
it's near impossible for, for real success. Well, uh, although uh, a lot of kids succeed, you know, with with uh, tremendous leadership in the schools, kids do. You know, you, you, uh, a person I really like was Mr. Brown when he was at Malton High School. Oh, Dana, was, yeah. My God, he did a fabulous job there, and every kid who went to that place had a chance. Yeah, he, he was just a a, a great guy. Well, that, that's also a thing in Dana's case. Um, um, he knew every, he knew all the kids by by name or face. Absolutely. And uh, stand, I, when I'd be driving down Salem Street when the school would break out, he'd be out there on the sidewalk. Uh, and there is even in those days, um, uh, in years gone by, uh, just as a matter of trivia, Babe Ruth's father owned the bar in Baltimore, and for whatever reasons, wasn't able to really raise the children in the family home. And they send them off to a, a industrial school, which was really a reform school. Mm-hmm. And um, what the focus among his contemporaries, this is while he was at the school, was a big deal at the school. With the tra- it was really a reformatory, mm-hmm. but they had a baseball team. Mm-hmm. And there was a number of, aside from him, who obviously was one of the greatest baseball players, there were others that came out of that site and they were able to have careers in sports that uh, and they were only able to uh, survive and be successful in life maybe because they got sent there in the first place so i i, I believe his his uh principal at the working boys school in in baltimore was also the principal at Mount catholic brother gilbert oh there is a connection i, I think you're right i forgot yeah. that yeah yeah brother gilbert cans and, and the stadium is named after him yes Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he uh, he mentored uh, Babe Ruth. Yeah, yeah. Well, times are changing, and sometimes the change isn't always positive. Uh, no. And uh, but it seems to have worked for the for uh, you know school. <laughs> yeah. No, yeah. It, it seems to be doing very well. Yeah. Again, if you maybe you got the sense when you walked in there that it was a very safe environment, a place where you know a, a, any kid could could thrive in, in that situation. Yeah. Well, I, I and I also maybe um, you know sometimes not not to compare necessarily to charter school, um, I think they have some advantage over uh, other uh, the public school system. Number one, uh, if you're talking about uh, a Mormon Catholic, for instance, uh, it's very expensive to go there, even if you get some financial help. But more important than that is that. Um, the very fact that you're there would suggest there are motivated people in your home, mm. whether it's a two-parent family or a single-parent family, or maybe uh, it's a family, some uh, situation similar to what you have with other families. It's, it's, you, they're motivated to, to, to have you get a good education, and they expect more of you, and you, the demands and the com- competition among the students is there, but it isn't a class system. Everybody's really the same in terms of what your options and opportunities are. It's just up to you to to take advantage of, and sometimes with the charter schools, uh, the way they're set up, uh, as a practical matter, is they're not able to take a lot of problem children into the system because they don't have the, the staffing to deal with it, uh, and, and this is no reflection on the public schools, but obviously what happens is everybody has a, has a right to an education, at least till they're 16 years of age, and uh, there's, there's far more challenges uh, in the public school system than it would have been, there'd be in Mormon Catholic, and it certainly would be true, I think, even at uh, uh, the charter school. And uh, I, can, I can recall one time talking with the principal at the Forest Hill. This is some years ago when my children were in that age group. And even then, there was a, th- there was a, there was a society changing because uh, I remember him telling me that uh, it, w- it was not often that you would have some student in there because e- each student would be required to make a bill with a name and a, for an emergency purpose. And uh, he would say that um, they didn't have people on food stamps when he first started as a principal, but there were students then, and that would suggest there were economic changes in the family that qualified them. But the other part that he mentioned to me was that, it, again, there was more frequently that when you... L- l- had the referral name to contact if the student got sick or there any some reason why you'd have to contact the person at home. It wasn't the same last name as the student, that for different reasons, uh, socially and whatever, that uh, 
that and that was not common way back. People had stayed together. Maybe they didn't have the best marriage, but you know there was a lot of reasons why people stayed under the same roof, and the children hopefully would get more benefit of the, the stability that way, even if there was not necessarily ideal arrangements at all. But uh, you, you witnessed that as a police officer starting out to what oh, was oh, likely. Oh, certainly, yeah. Th things change. I mean, I came on the job in 77. So we were coming out of the Vietnam, uh, the anti-government notions about Vietnam, and society had changed. Uh, but still, it was a very family-oriented place, I, I thought. But as time went on, that became less and less, you know, government uh, support was there for a lot of people, so people wouldn't have to stay together. You know, they could seek housing, and, and there was a lot of government support for, and, and the last thing we would ever want would be uh, someone to stay in a, an abusive relationship. You know, we, we certainly wouldn't want that. But uh, do two-parent two homes help? Yeah, of course they do. I think anyone who who would deny that would, you know, they, they, their eyes are closed. You know, again, everything is levels. In a, in a binary household like that, you know, you have, if one parent is working, the other one is there. They can always support each other. There's much more support. But what we see today is, is it's, it's just a, a very... With with the drug uh, situation we're going through, it's 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 a very tough situation for people. Well, in fact, your your own graduating <coughs> class that was the that was the uh, coming to the height of the Vietnam War. Yeah. Did a lot of your classmates go into service at that time? Uh, probably only about five or six. Well, I was going to say that that would be after yeah. college. They would a lot of want to go to college. Yeah, those yeah, those guys would have got out in '72, but a, a number of us joined in '69. Yeah, and uh, and not not a lot of guys, but. MC was a very college-oriented place, for whatever reason. It, it's funny when I'd, I'd go to MC and talk. I'd I'd talk to the class and I'd say, "Okay, where are the marginal students?" So the kids would, you know, they're stunned with the question. I said, "Hey guys, I'm the marginal student." <laughs> so I'd like you can do well. You learn to do better in life, and you know, just because you're not doing, you're not killing it here, that doesn't mean you're not going to do well later. So that was kind of my situation, and I was looking, you know, you know, for that uh, that environment for a couple of years. Well, the, the, um, um, the as a matter of fact, the the other book that I got there from the school uh, listed all the colleges that the um, the this would have been this past year, and uh, it was interesting. Um, I didn't count because <laughs> it doesn't tell you. Um, um, how many graduates? I didn't find that in the information. I had the actual number of graduates, but th th again, there's always occasions when uh, uh, people um, wait a year or two before they go to college. So, but when you when you look through here, you start with the. Uh, this is the, uh, th and this is the 2018 mm -hmm. graduate. You know, they they have uh, two are, two are going to uh, Assumption, four to to Bentley's, um, three to Boston College. And I think that, I think the tuition now there's uh, room and board is about seventy thousand. Yeah, and that used to be a real commuter school. Yes, yeah, and it is. Yeah. It's a it's a national school now, yeah, so yeah, it's. Yeah. But just look difficult. at the colleges: Boston University, two of them; the Loyola University of Maryland, three; um, UMass Amherst, five; University of Boston, two; Lowell, eight. Uh, interesting. Well, get that. There must be engineering students. Yeah, the, MC has a couple of very interesting uh, in-house uh, uh, certificate-type programs on robotics and things like that. So I wouldn't be surprised. I don't. I don't know for sure. Yeah. But I wouldn't be surprised. Lowell's a very good engineering place. Yes, it is. And yeah. uh, that's one of the areas. That, so that's not surprising. Well, they have uh, Worcester Polytech three, and that's a yeah, tough that, that, school. Yeah, yeah. We, we weren't really a, a math power at the time. Now you're pointing to real engineering and and that whole STEM. Uh, uh, University of Notre Dame got a student going out of that class. Very difficult place to go. Yeah, to. yeah. University of California, they got two there, three. 
Well, that's hope, interesting. Hopefully they won't become radicalized. <laughs> I don't know. I think in California it was something <laughs> in the year. <laughs> but no, now they may not want to leave Massachusetts with, the, with being able to get the weed legally. <laughs> Secret Art University, I'm not even sure where that is. Hartford, PA, Hartford uh, Connecticut. Oh, it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, anyways, it's an imp- impressive, uh, impressive yeah. cross-section of... Uh, Two from Providence College, Norwich. Northeastern's got six. Nicholas College, Loyola University in North in in New Orleans. Uh, on and on and on. Harvard Harvard University. Uh, and uh, the um, the ones that I think one of the ones is maybe the academy too. They got uh, people going to the academy. So yeah, impressive uh, but, list there. And. Um, now, when you attended there, did you take a test to get in, or were you eligible by virtue of being a parishioner? You, you, t- you took a, uh, an entrance test. You did. But pretty much, if you were, were a parishioner, you're pretty much guaranteed. Yeah. Yeah, I can't tell you I, I hit a home run on the entrance exam. Or yeah. Uh, well, <laughs> yeah. The, but we were, we were all prepared coming out of the Immaculate. And, Again, became more well prepared after four years. It was a, pre- a pretty the the uh, the curriculum in MC was was rigorous. You yeah, know, it was, you know uh, two years two years language, two years Latin, four years math, uh, four years English, uh, four years religion. So it, it, it was very rigorous. I mean, we had some guys who who did three years Latin, three years uh, <clears throat> French at the time. So. The um, th- there were ninety graduates. Would you say most of the ones went in as freshmen, unless they moved away or they they had other reasons why they that they they stayed the four years there? We picked up kids along the way. Oh, you got some. Yeah, we we, we did have some transfers yeah. because, as we know, it's not the school wasn't for everyone, so you would have openings. Yeah, 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 yeah. Not a lot, yeah. but yeah, people would leave. You know, there'd be discipline issues as well where. People will leave. So. Well, again, um, sometimes the challenge, and that seems to be part of the um, uh, the success story for in some schools, where um, if you expect a lot from the students, you the results will will show up in the in the in the end. Whereas if you're looking for uh, four years to keep them there and nurture them, only to make sure they they show up when they're supposed to, that's the same as when they're challenged. And uh, no doubt. That about may that. be. The, the contrast between uh, public education and sometimes n- not public education, and, but there's a lot of other variables there too. Oh, sure there are. But I know it's, uh, again, it's very, public education—it's a very challenging environment. Yeah. And again, I, b- I believe society really puts way, way too much, uh, too many demands on the schools without supporting them. Kind of, and I'm talking—I'm talking at the state level with laws uh, that, that make it very, very difficult to. To run places, so you, you really have to be a, a you know a master artist, and you know Dana Brown really was that, and you, you don't see a lot of folks like him because it is so damn difficult. Yeah, yeah. but uh, you know he he was able to do that, and I, I think what a, a place like MC, what they say to you is, this is who we are. Do you want to be part of this? And most of these kids, <clears throat> they buy in. You know they buy into it. Because, like, in my experiences, when I talk to them, you know, they're, oh, I, I like the school. I really like it here. I look forward to coming. Uh, it, it is certainly not drudgery. Uh, and I really enjoy being a part of this. And I feel like I am I am a little bit different. Yeah. the, the uh, I think the one obvious difference is that when I look through the, the, the um, information that I was given, that, that among the faculty – where one time would be a lot of brothers, uh, which would be an ordained, uh, would be an order of, of, of a teaching order, were really the uh, the bulk of the the uh, f- faculty. Now that's the exception rather than the rule, and that again, whether you're talking about uh, schools at at uh, even the, uh, prior to high school, where the nuns were the teachers, there was certainly a lot less expense with nuns or, or brothers teaching than it was. To, uh, to have to hire people to be to civilians or non non religious people to be uh, 
the faculty, and that, of course, would have an impact, and that's why the costs have gone up tremendously. A oh, massive impact on yeah. it. Yeah, the, the, the brother's house was located right across from the church on Pleasant Street, and the uh, convent was that beautiful building uh, on, uh, on the Fells Way right behind the church. So, you know, th that's where they resided, and they'd walk to school, and they'd walk around school. Like if you went to the Strand Theater, at times you'd see one of the brothers there watching a movie. So actually, hey, there's brother so-and-so over there. You know, naturally, not that you were going to misbehave, but it was another reason yeah. to, to, to behave. Yeah. Well, you've got um, a great school for reputations, a great school. Great school for success, and with uh, this contribution of, of the financial commitment by Jerry uh, Jerry Doherty, um, who is a Charlestown guy, and I think there's some other people over the years who've come from Charlestown who they not necessarily just because they played sports, but because for some reason the, the family wanted the students to get the education that you have. So uh, I, I think one of the most interesting cases. Is like Ed, you you mentioned uh, uh, Gerard Doherty. There are there are a bunch of fellas that that are just extremely generous, uh, involved at at a very high level. They had done very well in yeah. life, whether they worked in mutual funds, yeah, you know, whether they started their own company. But they had done well in life. Yeah. But the one I really uh, like to uh, talk about was my little league coach. My little league coach was a fellow by the name of uh, Jim Donovan. And Jim worked at the school as a <clears throat> as a custodian. Now his some of his kids attended there, but at some point uh, Jim was offered another job, I believe, in Chicago, and his family moved to Chicago. Well, his son Jim uh, turns out now is one of the most generous guys in the history of the school. And if you ever have a chat with him, just a great guy. Yeah, I mean, you have a cold beer with that fella. He, he is as regular as the day is long and generous. Oh, my God. It just Again, I, I, I don't know where they find these folks, but the place has turned out some really wonderful people, and these fellows are very, very generous. Yeah. Well, another one, too, is Joe O'Donnell, who yeah. was um, very successful. He currently, He's originally from Everett, I think. Oh, yeah. His dad was on the police department, Everett. Oh, he was? Yeah. And uh, he currently, I think, maybe lives in Belmont. Yeah. And um, he's known. Mo he almost bought the Red Sox. I think he almost bought the Patriots too. <laughs> oh, he did. Well, the, with the the uh, he got he got. They, yeah, he, I think this thing with the uh, they had their demand that the current owners were going to buy the yeah. the, Patri the Red Sox. So uh, he was in the food business, and obviously one of his motivation was that the, uh, by having this, the um, the owner of the Red Sox only uh, being such a great personal pleasure, but it would also be an opportunity for in the from him with the concessions, and um, while they were before they were actually formally accepting bids and so forth, uh, uh, the one who was in charge of the foundation and the, involved with the Red Sox ended up uh, making a long-term deal with the uh, uh, somebody else. So it ended up precluded really from him the motivation. But the second part about it, he's also over the years has raised a tremendous amount of money with the Joey's Fund, which is the uh, cystic fibrosis. Yes. But I think uh, on that note, um, I think for those people who aren't familiar with Marlon Catholic, that might give you a little bit of insight and also about the social issues of the day, and I appreciate you coming on, Chief, and hopefully uh, things will continue to be success successful in Marlon Catholic in the years to come, both with the boys and the girls. Oh, th thanks for asking me to come on, Mayor. And it's a real pleasure. And, uh, yeah, I have no reason to believe. And I thought that the, the, the move to open the school to girls just was, was the right thing to do, and it was the right time to do it. So I, I, the school is in good hands. Uh, there are good, humble people running it. And, uh, yeah, it'll do well in the future.